All right, this is The Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. Where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! It is a scorcher. <laughs> this is September the 2nd, and I think the, it's, uh, well, I know it was 106 degrees. In San Francisco yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really, really hot. And we have a wonderful guest. Uh, we've had brought in a lot of folks. We've brought in actors and directors and writers, and we have, for the first time, an owner of a theater company, Linda Ayers Frederick. Hi Yay. there. <laughs> Honor of the Phoenix Theater for what, over 30 years? Is that yeah, what we're going into our 33rd year. That is just amazing, and we're going to talk a lot about that. As I always do, how you doing, Norman? I am alive and well. All right. I love the heat. I, I grew up in Southern <laughs> California, and so I love the heat, but you have to be careful. When you wake up and it's going to be a hot day, all those little errands and things you thought you were going to do, you need to reconfigure your day. Your day needs to be about finding shade and getting something <laughs> cool to drink. <laughs> that, that is absolutely right. And I, I enjoy the heat as well. I'm from Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the cold is the thing that brought me here because I was like, I don't want to shovel snow anymore. Right. And the slightest breeze, forget about it. So well, the heat's wonderful for I me. I wish we had breeze. I mean, that's the scary thing. Well, Look, that that reminds me of, <coughs> of L.A. in the 70s. It's... It's horrible. It looks like smog. It's yeah. Ugh. How are you handling the heat, Linda? I'm a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the wimp here. I grew up in Washington, D.C. also. Yeah. And we used to go up to the Jersey Shore to get away from it mm-hmm. in the summer where my grandparents lived. And um, now I came out to San Francisco when I found out that the supposedly <laughs> – the weather was going to be between 60 and 70 every day. Well, apparently, <laughs> surprise, surprise, it's yeah. higher here than it is in D.C. right now. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, so I'm not good on the cold or yeah. the heat. Speaking about the Jersey, I remember we used to we would, uh, go to Atlantic City. So did we. Yeah. That, that was something our church would, like, on a summer, excur- summer mm-hmm. excursion, we'd just go up there and uh, just chill out and enjoy the beach. It must be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, and a little bit of gambling, too. Oh, we didn't Church know folk. gambling hadn't oh. come in yet. When I, that's how much older I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about current events. Uh, it's it's really, really bad what's happening in uh, Hurricane Harvey. I would have thought that we would have learned some lessons from Katrina, but well, it doesn't, doesn't appear to be. We, we learned that we could get away with, the federal government could get away with not doing a whole lot. Yeah. That's what we learned. Yeah. yeah. And that stadiums are great places to warehouse people. Yeah. My, yeah. Uh, my partner has relatives down in Houston. We've been getting, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, little um, <coughs> texts here and there. Uh, his uncle, who had, uh, el- who's fairly elderly now, mm-hmm. retired judge down there, got mm-hmm. boated out of his home wow. with his wife. Mm-hmm. And um, another relative, a cousin who I met down there, my, one of my favorites of his, uh, Cousin Lou, she uh, and her husband were taken to a motel with the clothes on their back and whatever meds they could put together and then they were there in the motel and people like strangers were like bringing them food which they had didn't have any and then they were finally able to get back to the house he went back to the house and said he didn't know that furniture could float <laughs> and it was like oh, three right. and a half it was down to three and a half feet of mm-hmm. water in the house instead of four and a half when they left and um, now they're going to found, you know, they're going over to family mm-hmm. um, to stay, but it's, it's, ju- and, and they're figuring they're going to have to find a place to live for six months before they can even put things together. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really hard. That's I, mean, typical, yeah. <coughs> I mean, I've been reading about uh, even folks who had to suffer from um, Hurricane Sandy, and this was in New York, oh, yeah. they're still waiting for the insurance agencies to give them their right. money. 
Yeah. So uh, it's 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 going to be really bad, and I'm hearing that Irma, Hurricane Irma, is coming. It's coming. Right. Another one. So. No, it's funny. Um, you, we talk about history from time to time. Sure. And so our current president will get to oversee this stuff, and he's in denial, yeah. which means it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It's going to be disastrous. And what's funny is if you know history, like, you know, the lead up to Lincoln mm-hmm. is a bunch of presidents just dodging that issue of slavery in every way they That's can. That's exactly right. And finally it hits, and that man has no choice. He barely gets in office mm-hmm. and he has, has to, to deal, deal with it. With it. Yeah. Right. And, and people from both sides hating him for it because mm-hmm. everyone has oh, their own polarized sides to it. Right. Well, I think I imagine we're going to see that now. Because I don't think the federal government's going to step up. They don't even have anybody in charge of FEMA right now, right? Yeah, well, that's one of the problems with the controversies. I mean, we we get to laugh and joke about Trump and how he's tripping up over himself. The reality is it distracts us from the real issues. I mean, how prepared was he for Harvey? I mean, we have Well, he didn't have anybody in office. Right, yeah. We have Ted Cruz and Chris Christie, you know. And, and, you know, yelling at each other because, oh, well, you didn't support us for, you know, right. um, what was it? Um, yeah. yeah, for Sandy. Yeah. Uh, because Ted Cruz didn't believe in federal aid for New Yorkers. And now right. it's the opposite. You know, right. Ted Cruz is asking for aid. Yeah, right. And Christie's like, well, look at you now. Right. right. But that's energy that that doesn't help anybody. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And right. get past the drama. Mm-hmm. If there's nobody in place, if the agency isn't effectively handling these situations, they're going to be bad. And New Orleans, for all the rebuilding that they claim, mm-hmm. life has changed there. And oh, it's sure. Not, it's, and it's, it's a real state now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of those displaced families, black families, mm-hmm. have moved mm-hmm. and they, they can never go back. Well, we'll they see what happens with Houston then. They don't have anything to go back to. <coughs> right, exactly. No, you know... Right, go back and rebuild so that the next time you get devastated <laughs> again. It, it, right. Sure. There need to be new mm-hmm. policies, yeah. and I don't think we're going to see them. Yeah. So it's just going to be nasty. Yeah. I'm, after this, I'm going to go to see uh, the film, The Inconvenient Sequel. And it's going oh, to be all about climate change and... <laughs> I'm sure people would say, well, I guess... What climate change? Right, exactly. Yeah, right. What climate change? <laughs> Al Gore's been talking about this 10 years ago. Exactly. And, you know, look at us now. So Al has every right to say, I told you so. One scientist said we should stop calling it that because that just sounds like such a benign thing. Climate breakdown is what he wants to call it. Sure. I'm like, that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah. 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 And one last thing before we jump into, you know, our thing, which is theater... Um, there's been controversy about, should I give to the Red Cross, should I not give to the Red Cross? I even posted something on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there are, everyone says you can text Harvey, I think it's 90999, to donate money mm-hmm. to the Red Cross. But other people say, listen, this, you know, uh, they didn't do anything for the folks in um, Haiti. Or, you know, uh, only six houses were built after only, you know, millions and right. almost billions of dollars yeah, were collected. Yeah, like half a billion almost collected. Um, so, as this controversy came up, one of the things that somebody sent to me was Charity Navigator. Mm-hmm. And it's just an organization that does it. Just lists what these charities do, mm-hmm. how much money they spend, how they spend their money. Mm-hmm. And so, that'll help people. If people are curious about finding somebody they think is more effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, Red Cross is international, so you, you've got to acknowledge that it, it takes some infrastructure to maintain that organization. But right. even so, there are Maybe there are smaller organizations that are more targeted. Right, right, exactly. So, um, and, w- and what's it again? Charity, Charity Navigator. Charity Navigator. We'll, we'll put a um, we'll put a link in charitynavigator.org. Yeah. yeah. So you can decide who you want to give to because 
we can't be complacent. I mean, you know, we are a divided nation, Republican, Democrat, cats, dogs, that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. when people are in need, that's right. the time to, yeah. to, to give. And uh, I actually gave, I gave to uh, uh, an organization called Bread of Life, um, www.breadoflifeinc.org slash donations. Mm-hmm. There's a church uh, in Houston who are actually engaged in helping people uh, with need, uh, feeding them and clothing them and housing them, mm-hmm. uh, the St. John's United Methodist Church, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm Baptist. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one. But really, whether you give to that or not or, you know, to the Red Cross or whatever, people are in need. You know, it, mm-hmm. it could be us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With that said, Linda S. Frederick, so here's a quiz. When when did we first, What what when's the first time that you and I um, met? I think, was it at the Othello? Or was it? It was a production just before Othello. Othello. Just before then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was with a group called um, Bay Stage. Yeah, I know. It's going a long, long way, so yeah. it doesn't surprise yeah, right. me. There's a poster on the upper left hand, Water Buffalo. Uh-huh. And Bay Stage, we did that at the Phoenix Theater. When on, it was Gary at, on Gary Street. Oh, my God. And it was that production, and I guess you were just watching us around, and you uh, immediately after we closed and we, you know, packed everything up and struck the stage. Right. What, uh, Othello moved right in. Right. And they needed a stage manager, and you suggested me. That's right. Because <laughs> you look like you knew what you were doing. <laughs> Amazingly, yeah, looks can be deceiving, but, hey, you know, that, that's cool. And didn't you also um, work over at the Fringe uh, on a show that we were doing with um, um well you had written you had written Frozen and um, Plumber well someone else did Plumber I think right, you, right, you wrote right. Blizzard Blizzard yes and I did that that was only a couple of years ago but there wasn't the, but there wasn't one way back when Exit was still doing uh, Fringe on Taylor yes that w- uh, we did a thing called Run Jenny and uh, that okay. w- that was a long time yeah, ago maybe long you time, remember yeah, that right. but there was also the Texas Chainsaw Musical. Okay. Uh, that was also part of the fringe, and that was uh, at the exit as well. So okay. uh, I did that too. But I remember your, I remember seeing you and asking once. Once I got that you could actually stage manager and you know stage manager and run lights, it was like ooh ooh ooh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gold. You know actors are a dime a dozen. We know that. Sure, but, sure. You know, techies. Oh, you know. Right, right. You got to grab them <laughs> and grab them and hold on to them as well. You can. became a writer, and then oh dear. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> well, I mean, growth is a part of theater. That's and, uh, you're also a writer as well. That's right. That's yeah. right. So tell us your story. I mean, how did you, oh, gosh. how did the theater bug bite you? Well, it goes back to D.C. Um, I think my, my my sister used to call me uh, Sarah Hartburn. Mm-hmm. And because I, I was the one, I was the fourth of five. And to get attention, I had to throw myself on the floor, you know, <laughs> stomp a little bit. And um, so my mother, you know, wise woman that she was, got me uh, immediately involved in some kind of theatrical thing, mm-hmm. you know, theater lessons or whatever. Yeah. And then, what, what part know, of DC did you grow up in? Um, I grew up in right off Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington. Okay, and I grew up in the Petworth section. I, w- I lived on Upshur Street. Upshur, Upshur um, off of New Hampshire Avenue. It's if you know where the okay. um, the um, where did they bury the Civil War? The um, the oh, the, do the circle, one of the circles. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's off of Grant Circle, but there's a yeah. old, old folks, old old soldiers' home, home. Soldiers, old yeah. soldiers' home. Okay, so that's up the hill, and I I grew up down the hill, but uh, Connecticut Avenue. I was Connecticut and Albemarle, oh, otherwise awesome. known as Hanukkah Heights. 
which was actually in a, in a gully. Is that a Jewish? Uh, it was primarily enclave. a Jewish enclave. Yeah. Awesome. I was born on 3rd Street. I don't even know where on 3rd Street, mm-hmm. way down in the center. And then yeah. the first thing I remember is being you know, on Albemarle. And we lived there till I was in, I think, junior high. And mm-hmm. then we moved out to Bethesda. Yeah. A bit. My dad was a builder. Okay. There. I was about to yeah. say, did your family, were they... In the government. Uh, uh, yeah, my mom worked in the government when okay, she was Okay, that's, that's what brought you guys to D.C., yeah. I think. Okay. But, uh, no, my, my parents actually were married in 32, wow. mm-hmm. and my mom was in Philly. My father was a then-communist uh, mm-hmm. who, who well, came Well, communists were a big thing back then, Yeah, right? yeah, back yeah. Then, you know, he came down to, that's where they met at a meeting, mm-hmm. and, um, and then they, my mom knew right away, this is the guy, and... I think within a year they got married, mm-hmm. and um, my mother hitchhiked. Said we're hitchhiking back to D.C., where she, t- you know, she moved in with his parents and mm-hmm. took care of them there. And uh, yeah, she didn't believe in spending money on unwisely, so she said, even though her mother had given her money, take the bus, Mary, take the bus. <laughs> yeah. You know, she says, hey, I got a thumb, I don't need to take the bus. Love. So they then my dad, uh, my dad was actually going to school, and um, my mother was working and. Um, she grew up basically the school of hard knocks. She mm-hmm. was you know, like 13 when she started going to work because her family was an immigrant family from mm-hmm. Poland, Russia, via South America. And wow. they, um, they, so she worked in the government. She had gone to night school to get, you know, stenography and typing. And then my father, being the man he was, said, no woman's going to put me through school. And so after two years of school at GW, he, he, apprenticed with an electrical firm hmm. and then the guy said look i can't pay you but become a partner so they mm-hmm. you know and eventually when he after being in the electrical business then he went into housing and his her father was also a cabinet maker mm-hmm. they went into business on their own basically and realized my mother informed them if you're going to be a boss you can't be a communist so mm. <laughs> they left the party mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just, you know. And this is after the war now, right? Yeah. This yeah. was, yeah, after the war. Yeah. So, I mean, my sister, my They looked at communism different, differently than before yeah, the war. Yeah, right. right. And also my mother, I mean, they got kind of, uh, I think, disillusioned. Mm. Because my mother, who was a very open kind of person who believed in helping everybody, uh, you know, when the when the rules started coming down with the communists and stuff, they said, hey, this is not what I believe in. So yeah. they left. But, um, no, they, and they... Um, you know, continue. They were <coughs> business people, and then continued to have family. And I was the fourth of five. Yeah. Did you um, did you did you go to acting school at all? Um, I did eventually. Um, actually, in high school, um, I went to a school, Mary School, and um, after BCC, we were out in Maryland for a year, and then I switched because I said I, you know, wanted to quit school at sixteen, and my mom said, "Oh wait, wait, wait." So then she got <laughs> me in school at Mary, and. Um, one of my teachers there who was teaching us, who was our English teacher, was uh, had a company, a Gilbert and Sullivan company called the Lyric Theater. Mm. And um, he got me involved as stage manager, first oh, job. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And also was teaching us um, Shakespeare a- in high school. And um, so I kind of, under his, his name was Peter Klein, and he um, got me involved in the theater right away and we also I mean we were supposed to be playing uh, writing um, 
plays in the style of oh god was it Sheridan Brins you know oh, wow. those guys yeah he was really quite a, a, a scholar and um, so we were writing plays and producing plays there at the school and then um, so I, I got the bug mm. and then we he produced a, a Sean O'Casey play and I was running lights and sound and he said oh well you can do the, the you know the prologue and I went yay <laughs> so I did the prologue, and uh-huh. you know, and then I applied to school. I got into Sarah Lawrence, which was an artsy craftsy kind of school. Awesome. And I majored in theater, performing arts, yeah, and music. Did they teach? Um, we've been asking folks um, technique, like uh, Stanislavski or Adler, or uh, um, it was Stanislavski. Oddly, there were actually two factions at Sarah Lawrence. There was the Stanislavski group. Mm-hmm. And then there was the more contemporary, we don't need any kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I – and I was sort of between both factions, and each teacher um, taught a different aspect of theater. So mm-hmm. you needed <coughs> the tech stuff, you needed the, the history stuff, and mm-hmm. then um, also the acting. Part. Yeah. So um, I was more in the acting. And then we also had writing yeah. and stuff. So um, – um, and I got out of I got out of there, and then I applied for uh, graduate school. Went mm-hmm. to AU, American University. Oh, okay, still in DC. Still in DC. Went back. Well, I got married in '68. Mm-hmm. This time, <laughs> went back to DC. Lived in my ex husband now uh, was a violinist who had a two had a choice because it was Vietnam time, and he mm-hmm. had a choice either to go to Canada mm-hmm. or. He auditioned for the the strolling strings, they called them, Mm -hmm. down in D.C., and he got in, and so he was playing at the White House um, for, at that time, it was Johnson. Mm -hmm. Okay, last year of Johnson. Last year of Johnson, Mm -hmm. and then uh, Nixon came in, and he was removed from that table because he told the head of the the, uh, band that uh, he had this urge to take his violin bow and poke it into Nixon's eye. (laughs) 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 They removed him from the table and sent him. (laughs) But he said, but it was, yeah, it was either choice of Canada or they got Mm. into the White House. Mm -hmm. And then we, then he applied and I I was, uh, while I was at AU, I got a fellowship for um, playwriting from the Schubert Foundation. Awesome. Wow. So I started, you know, writing plays and then um, based on the first play they gave me another uh, fellowship. So we took that money and when he then applied to – he decided that he wanted to get a master's in music, so he went to New Haven. Yeah. And he got into Yale School of Music. And while I was there, um, besides writing the play, I was able to – they just become co-ed, so they needed women. Mm-hmm. And they had they had a budget for theater from every one of those colleges. So they had 12 colleges, 12 theater mm-hmm. c- groups, and then the main dramat from mm-hmm. Yale. And that's when Bruce Dean was there and mm-hmm. – um, Zacharopoulos was there from New York, from the the public theater, and um, and then they also had a newspaper called the Grad Professional. Mm-hmm. So I were, you, were you teaching there, or were you a student? No, I was I I was auditing classes at the Grad okay. School mm-hmm. and performing every like every five or six weeks. I was in a show for mm-hmm. three years, and plus writing reviews. Yeah, and yeah, I kept real busy until then. I had a baby there. Awesome. Kept, kept going. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so let's bring the story to the yeah. Bay. How did you get to the Bay? So after three years of music and his getting his master's degree, he decided, because he was from Oregon, mm-hmm. and he had gone to SF State as an undergrad, he decided that 
as one of the music students had said, music was terminal. And they were, he, <laughs> his friend went, who was a, uh, decided to go to med school, and our, uh, my partner Walter was going to go, to, decided to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to come, he applied to New York Law School, SF Law School, Lincoln Law School here, mm-hmm. night school, so he could mm-hmm. work during mm-hmm. the day. And he got in here. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go to New York. But he came, got in here, and he mm-hmm. figured better to go to the West Coast. So we came out to the West Coast. And when I got here, um, there was an improv group. Um, Norman Sturgis was his name. He was the right. brother of the uh, more famous Sturgis in Hollywood. Meredith? Yes. No, not Meredith. Um, Sturgis. 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 Um, can't remember. Meredith is Burgess. Yeah. Anyway, so oh, yeah. I, yeah, so I came out here, joined this improv group, and uh, we were doing improv at a small space in a. The, it was like the bottom of a hotel on Sacramento Street. There was a little like a theater down there, hmm. and we did it. It was actually, I think, it was the home of what was originally the one act theater that mm-hmm. used oh. to stay there. And what, what year are we talking about? Oh, we're talking mid seventies. Seventy. Uh, let's see, Melissa was seventy-two. Okay. So I came out in seventy-two, and then I joined that group of improv mm-hmm. people, and we were doing improvs and stuff. And then the guy Norman and his wife decided they were taking off for other places. They went off to Hawaii and left me in charge. And <coughs> then I founded something. I can't remember the name of the first theater. That it was like West Coast something or other. Mm-hmm. And I decided, well, I've got all these great actors. And, you know, we should do plays. So I went over to Fellowship Church mm-hmm. and saw that they were they had a space down there. And I decided I was going to produce some one acts. We did some Pirandello. We did, mm-hmm. um, and then we did um, Alfie's Zoo Story. And mm-hmm. I decided I was going to play Peter. No, oh. I was going to play Jerry. Mm-hmm. So that was like our first show, uh, another show. And then from there, uh, one of the people who auditioned came in, and I thought, he wasn't right for this, but he'd be the perfect stage manager for our town. So I kept that in the back of my mind, and then went over to USF mm-hmm. and found that theater and held auditions for our town and then directed our town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then I thought, okay. You know, keep doing theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened? Then I think I got divorced. And then I met somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, uh, and he was an artist. He was mm-hmm. my, my second husband was uh, an artist. And I decided, and I was going, oh, I was involved with stage group theater with uh, Wendell Phillips. And I was training there, more acting, you know, was in some shows with a uh, stage group. Mm-hmm. And then... Stage group was going to fold, and Gene Shelton came over and saved Mm -hmm. stage group. Um, And I thought, all these people, and then we were really learning the Mm -hmm. more the Michael Chekhov work and also um, Stanislavski. Richard Harder, he mentioned Gene Shelton as being, he's sort of a mentor for a lot of people. Right. Woman. Woman Woman is Gene Shelton. Yes, Gene. J-E-A-N. J-E-A-N Shelton. And... (coughs) So Gene took over, and um, I remember the first show that she directed that I was in was Gemini, and half of the people had trained with uh, Gene and half with Wendell, mm-hmm. and Chris Phillips was in the cast, and 
So here we are. And then when they went, you know, basically closing down, I thought, you know, all these people that grew up together that or worked together, we've got to keep going. <laughs> so that's when I founded the Phoenix Theater. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that's also – and my then-husband – who's an artist, wanted to get a gallery. So we opened the Phoenix Theater Gallery. And I was fashioning that from where we grew up, Arena Stage, which was originally um, founded in a brewery. Yeah, Arena Stage in D.C. In D.C. That's right. And my one of my teachers was one of the directors there, uh, Strickland, mm-hmm. Cal Strickland, who was teaching at a American University. And so I thought, well, okay, the they had a gallery in front of their theater. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well, the front will be the gallery, and then the back will be the theater. Mm-hmm. So that's when we moved. We started at 8th Street and got all some funding, some backing, and uh, the actors from stage group, and we all got together, and Julie Demas Lockfeld was one of them, who's currently directing a show, mm-hmm. <laughs> still directing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so the first, the first show we did there was called The Suicide which was by Nikolai Erdman, which was a show that was banned in the Soviet Union. Hmm. And we did that to success. And somebody said, oh, you got to have a publicist. So I found public. Anyway, so we started. Yeah. We started back then. And for 14 years, or for a few years, we, a couple of years, we were on the, on the one side of mm-hmm. the building at uh, 8th Street. And then the area across the hall became empty. Mm-hmm. And the story of that was that actually Lines Ballet went in there, found oh, out uh-huh. found out they could only have forty nine seats, uh-huh. and after paying month you know three months of rent, realized they had to move. And I'm thinking, hey, this is great, you know. So when they left, we took over. Mm-hmm. It was twenty five hundred square feet, and we had what was eventually called a gem of a theater down there. We had, mm-hmm. and we were there for fourteen years till they decided they didn't want theater people there anymore. Mm-hmm. And it I took a while. It <laughs> took a while. And then a year later, uh, and then at that point, we were without a home for a year, put everything in storage, had some illness in the family, and took care of that. Mm-hmm. And then I gave myself, basically, I thought, all right, I'm either going to do without theater for a year, see what happens, and if nothing happens, then I'll close up shop. Mm-hmm. But if something does happen, and then I'll go back. Well, what do you know? Uh, the Jewel Theater, which is which is on Geary Street, mm-hmm. um, came along and said, "Hey, I'm moving to Petaluma. You want to take over our space?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and I thought, "Okay, the world's giving me a message. I'm not going to go to medical school. I don't know enough science, you know. I'll, I'll go back to theater, which is the only thing I know." Mm-hmm. And um, we opened on Geary Street, which was already there. I mean, they built the Jewel Theater there. Yeah. And then I built, and then I said, "What's this room downstairs?" And he says, "Oh, it's just we rehearsed down here." And I thought, "Oh, wow. Hey, I like this space." And you remember that space? Yeah, of course. Like, you know, eight foot ceilings. Yeah. And we. It's a nice black box theater. Yeah, yeah. and we put in the theater there and then mm-hmm. after two and a half years mm-hmm. the building got tagged for unreinforced masonry mm-hmm. and we were handed our notice on Christmas Eve yeah. to get out by and February. And now, now we're getting into the 2000s. To get out by when? February. This was in Ooh. yeah. And I had of course contracts for theaters you know all the way through the yeah. year. Right. And that's when we moved 
to we I to Mason to Mason Street. Yeah, seventeen years later. Yeah, that's where we are now. When, and the very very first one, I was trying to get a timeline in my head. Was that yeah. the late seventies when you first first opened the Phoenix? Eighties. It was okay. eighty five. Okay, June of eighty five that we started. Got it. Yeah, amazing that it's gone on for so so I so know. long. And you never think that you're what well, making history while you're doing. It. You're just doing the next show. Right? Yeah, the next show. And you've seen a lot of um, economic climate changes. I mean, you know, like oh, the, yeah. you know, the I'm thinking about the 87 stock market crash. I think that was oh, computer yeah. error that September 11th, of course, uh, yeah. immediately after. Oh my gosh! After that, it was it was <coughs> like nobody would come out to see theater. They were all worried that. I remember was, those were such yeah. bizarre years because yeah. there were there were all these you know sincere fervent shows that were being done. Nobody going to it, and then other shows yeah. extending. Right. Mm-hmm. And people, some, there were some things that people really needed to do, and there were other things that people had no interest in, in seeing or hearing about. Right. And it just became stark. So, because yeah. I remember I was working actor at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, wow, I was work going to dry up? No, work didn't dry up. But, yeah, there were these shows that opened and ran to empty houses and other shows yeah. that suddenly were extending. Right. Or it, remounting because right. they were doing so well. And it was like, yeah, I, what, yeah. I don't know what the audience wants. That's weird. I know. I, I remember when um, the Eureka Theater was got their million-dollar space down on 16th Street, I think it was. Mm-hmm. South of Market or Harrison yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they moved in there, and then, you know, about two years later, they went under. They, right. Yeah, and that was a big surprise. Yeah, yeah and they reemerged on Jackson Street, right? Right. Eventually. Yeah. Once, yeah. once the Angels in America money came right, in. came in. Yeah, <laughs> they, they moved. But I remember at that time, it was, I had just heard about a place over here in Oakland that was giving money away, and I came over for an interview and it was just after Eureka had closed and I was talking to this foundation about you know trying to get money and they said well how much money do you owe and I said oh I think I owe a couple hundred dollars to the mm-hmm. to the printer but you know we'll have it by the end of the month and right. he says you mean you're not in debt and I said no how can you run a theater in debt and <laughs> you know and, and he laughed at me Total he said, to him, huh? he said right. well we just gave a hundred thousand dollars to the Eureka Theater and the next week they went belly up and I went really you know I'm thinking right. I don't know how I managed I guess it was my fear of debt mm-hmm. and sure. fear of mm-hmm. owing money to anybody that is yeah. somehow I mean I've you know, we, we run on a low budget. Right. Yeah, I, th- I, don't, yeah. I, I think there are a lot of people. We've yeah. talked, we've had, you know, playwrights and other folks, yeah. as aspects of theater. We talk about that, but we don't talk about the business, especially of a person who owns a theater company, who mm-hmm. owns the, uh, you know, people come to you. I'm sure you have different, lots of theater companies come to you. Hey, we want to use the Phoenix. You know, what's the schedule mm-hmm. and right. can we get in? How, how does the money work? I mean, how, how much of your money goes into paying the landlord and, and other things, um, insurance, that sort of stuff? I would say of our budget, five-eighths of it goes to, maybe even three-fourths of it just goes to surviving in terms of the the rent, mm-hmm. the the yeah. overhead, mm-hmm. the the um, the insurance, all that, that yeah. sort of thing. And as the rents keep going up, the, you know, and, and we used, I mean, years back, we were doing three shows a year, and mm-hmm. shows that were between us were paying the rent with a little bit extra for us to do our own shows. Mm-hmm. But um, through the years, it was like no matter 
remember somewhere, I don't know where I heard it, but I said, no matter what, I'm going to pay actors, even if it's a dollar a show. I remember mm-hmm. hearing that from, from uh, the one-act theater, mm-hmm. that they were literally paying their, you know, a dollar a show for, for, <laughs> for right? mm-hmm. yeah, back in mm-hmm. the day. And I thought, well, you know, at first everyone was, I mean, I'm, I've been a volunteer from day one. Mm-hmm. And we've continued to, you know, and I thought when, you know, when it was, I said, you know, whatever actors I have, I'm going to pay them the same, whether I, they're an equity actor or a non-equity actor. Mm-hmm. They're both putting in the effort because I was right. a non-equity actor for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why should they, you know, why should the union get more money than a person who's there, the same number of hours for right. rehearsal? Right. You know, and so I say, well, it's not going to be much. And for years we were able to use the mm-hmm. BAP, you know, for, right. for actors. And I thought, I just felt, I must maybe it's yeah, the communist blood in me. Kind of yeah. crunchy about that. It's been difficult. Well, right now, what has saved us is something called members, um, a members project, uh-huh. equity um, members project. Right. So apparently there are fewer rules. There, there are fewer rules than even doing a BAP. Mm-hmm. So that if equity members get together, as I'm doing right now, right. and want to do a project, then you know the rules go out, and you can whatever anyone wants. You can put your project mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can put your project together. So Thank you're an goodness. equity actor. I am. I'm okay. an equity actor. Okay. I became one. I don't know. It's been a while. It yeah. took me 25 years to become one. Yeah. But um, nevertheless, and I still am. And there have been times when I've been tempted not to be because I was wondering if you had any yeah. regrets or if it's worked out for you. It's worked out so far, but it's it, truth be told. Equity does make it very difficult for uh, small theater companies to, you know, use equity mm-hmm. help. I, I think it's that equity is trying to hold a standard, right? And they're applying it across the board, and that makes sense if somebody is making, you know, whatever, right? You know, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars right. a year profit. That makes sense, but it's some little theater company where you've got yeah. volunteer staff and. Right. All your money goes into just getting the production up. Right. And, you know, yeah. I, and 49-seat houses. Right. And what are you going to do? It's just, it, it doesn't compute. Mm-hmm. I mean, you call me an owner, but in fact, I'm I'm really a director. I don't own the theater per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a member of the board, and mm-hmm. in that sense, um, we lease the theater. Just like every other theater company that yeah. I know. Well, but yeah. you, I mean, well, when well, you think of the Phoenix Theater, yeah. I mean, that's. I, I run the show. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I, your I, name I, is the. Is Chief, the yeah. Chief Cook, Bottle Washer, right. Take Out the Garbage. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and be there and, and answer the phone no matter what time it is. Yeah. And know that somebody's going to call <coughs> me. It's sort of like having a second, you know, another child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's an interesting question for yeah. you. Do you sometimes have a. Um, what is the relationship between you and. Theater companies, you know, because you're not that you're the landlord or let's say no, the master well, tenant. Yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah. But uh, does it become, um, do you have to sort of, uh, I don't know, crack the whip when other companies come in? Let's say a company that you're not familiar with and you have to enforce the rules. Like, listen, if you come in right. here, this is like my home. Right. Respect the home and all that right. stuff. Right. And we have had situations where someone was disrespectful. Mm. And we do have to crack the whip. Fortunately, I have a tech director who's like she's bad cop. I'm good cop. Yeah, <laughs> to some degree. But when I when my you know when I realize that something is really wrong, mm-hmm. and they're like recently someone put some real bricks on the stage, and I thought, oh, great. 
somebody can trip on a brick, someone can trip and bang their head on a brick. Right. Exactly, and because it's not the fault of the, I mean, if someone right. gets right. sued, and, right. that's and on you, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we have been sued. We've suffered that way hmm. in, in the past, unfortunately. And fortunately, I thank God I've got insurance. But, um, it, you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to protect yourself and your family and your home and your and, and the other people. You don't want anything bad to happen, but you start becoming aware that, no, I don't want fire, you know, live flame on in the theater. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yes, we have, you know, because I'm sitting there going. Is your TD Ty McKenzie? Yes. Ah, that's right. Yes, I, and I, she I, runs. I know Ty McKenzie, yeah. yeah. And she From runs stage works, too. Yeah. She, yeah. She's awesome. She is. She's amazing. I yeah. mean, uh, I mean, um, Mike was amazing, and when he left, I was like, ah! And then yeah, Mike Ty, Berg. Yeah. yeah, and Ty came along, and I was like, oh my God, thank you, heaven. Yeah. You know. But tell me about the yeah. uh, tell me about the lawsuit. I mean, what happened? If if well, you can. I it's over. Yeah. Oh <laughs> That's done, and I don't. <laughs> but someone got hurt, mm-hmm. and it was you know it wasn't our fault per se. Say. Mm-hmm. And not uh, unfortunately, the person who did get hurt also sued the director of the show that moved in, and mm. so you know it was it was a mess. But yeah. we got through it, and you know all I can say is get insurance, get insurance. <laughs> you know, and I worry. I was thinking about and what are those people down in Texas going to do, even though they have sh- insurance because we know mm-hmm. how they don't pay. Right. You know, for years to to help people. Yeah. But um, it has helped us uh, through some tough times. Yeah. Um, did you have any questions? Yeah. Well, I. it's funny because when Rich told me that he had talked to you about coming on, yeah. um, you've been in the theater, the Bay Area theater scene for a while, so noticing, if you see it, yeah. know, as an evolution of um, women's roles in not just you know, well, on stage, yeah, but well, behind the scenes. Historically, um, as I understand, San Francisco and the Bay Area has more women uh, executive directors mm-hmm. per capita or per per theater than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any place else in the nation. It's both wonderful and sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, wait, and you also asked me, um, what do I do when other theaters come in? Um, what happens is I have become, we've got relationships with mm-hmm. companies who are, as you say, repeaters right. and yeah. keep coming and supporting us, such as Richard Harder That's and, right, and Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, has so that we're at Second Wind. Yes, and and used to be Eastenders for a long time. Eastenders came in. Um, I have, um, oh gosh, um, Ray Carolino. And I'm trying to think of this, mm-hmm. the, the name of his his group. Um, I'll, I'll think of it. But mm-hmm. anyway, he's he's done. He just finished a, a production of Hamlet. He yeah, did, I was thinking of that. Oh, the um, the the um, um, rogue um, ninja. Ninjas, yes. ninjas, ninjas, yeah. yes. Ninja they, Shakespeare. They've been yeah. doing shows with us for years. Um, I was just talking, texting this morning, and he was hoping to do something, his third Midsummer Night's Dream in December. Uh, I mean, it's very often what happens. And then Three Girls is using our oh, space nice. yeah. uh, in the fall for one of their plays, and they have their um, soiree, and I call it soiree series, mm-hmm. uh, in the afternoon for Newark hmm. readings. And... Um, so and then many what's happened is you know as I say I never say goodbye in the theater because you never know next minute you're going to be working with someone yeah uh, three girls uh, that has Lee Brady who has worked with me mm-hmm. in other capacities and um, Alicia uh, and Suze Allen I mean during 
that time we've we've met through other um, experiences. For instance, Sue's at well, not Sue's, but Alicia, AJ. Um, I met through Will Dunn's workshops, mm-hmm. who continues to mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. playwriting in our space mm-hmm. and has over the last mm, 17 years. And then, um, and then uh, Ian Walker. Yeah. Ian Walker. That's right. He first, I first met him when he rented space when we were on Geary Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And through the years, he's, in fact, David was in a show mm-hmm. at the Phoenix, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's gone on to... Fame and fortune. Fame and fortune, yeah. Yes. yeah. And it's wonderful how many yeah. lives you've, yeah. you've come across and how people have grown and, and all of that stuff. And also, uh, I should, the late Joe Weatherby, you yes. know, he, who passed away, what was it, last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last yeah. February. Yeah. And Joe, Joe directed um, shows for me both in the Fringe and at the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. He was, he, that is one of the biggest losses for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. Yeah. artistically and for the community. He was part of Z-Space when it first started. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was yeah. just getting to know him. I'm glad that I did know him, and yeah. I had no idea that his life would go just like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he directed uh, you because you have a th- you have a, uh, a writing workshop. Right. That uh, not yours, but you're a part right. of a writing yeah, right. workshop yes. every Monday. Monday nights. Yeah. And uh, out of that came uh, your piece. I think it was Blizzard. Yes. Blizzard was a wonderful, wonderful one act piece. Thank was you. it? Was it based on? Family or no? It was. It came actually. It came out of a workshop that I did over at the Marsh. Um, and God, I'm really terrible on names. Um, mm. But anyway, um, one day when I started started it there, it was one of those one day workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, I started it, and then I continued working on it with Lee, mm-hmm. and uh, Monday nights. Yeah, and then. When Joe came along, and then one of the other women there, Nancy uh, Cooper Frank, who's mm-hmm. a playwright there, yeah, um, had a piece about water that sh- had a, had been done in um, mm-hmm. the plumbing thing that had been done over in England, actually. Uh, and I decided, well, maybe I'll do Blizzard. You know, I, mean, yeah. I was sharing with Joe different pieces, and he really liked that one. Yeah, to describe Blizzard, and by the way, if people hear outside stuff, we have the screen door uh, open because it's hot and <laughs> we want to have some air come in, so um, don't pay attention to uh, any background noise. But Blizzard is basically about a man, I think it was in the 1880s or what, or maybe well, the... Uh, early part of the century. In the early part of the 20th, excuse me, 20th century, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> early part of the 20th, 20th century. century. Yeah. And he is a man who is slowly... Uh, he, he's basically, um, he, yeah, he, he's in a log cabin surrounded by snow. He's stuck, and he's going to die. But he has this wonderful memory of his wife, and mm-hmm. it's sort of a touching thing. And, and his dog. And his dog. I don't know if the dog is alive or dead. No, the lo- well, the, well, by that time, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but we have, I had the actors. I had four actors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, two, uh, and two of them. Uh, played many roles. Yeah, and they also Nathan, made. I forget Nathan's last name, but it, and, you and go ahead. Yeah, and and they also were making all the sound sound effects. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it was so much fun. I don't mm-hmm. know where I got that idea. Suddenly, I was thinking, you know, all this stuff on stage. All that. So one of them made the tea kettle whistle. Mm-hmm. The other one was the dog, and it was oh, the dog was fabulous. It was it very was Nathan, melancholy. Nathan. Yeah, was very and it was, and and yet. To me, it was a love story mm-hmm. because you know, um, between the wife who was Irish and and it was in supposed to be Appalachia and mm-hmm. 
I mean, I grew up on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and we did have, uh, we used to go take rides down to the Blue Ridge Mountains and stuff on Sundays and look at, go to what was Little Sugarloaf Mountain mm-hmm. down there. And um, I just, I love that area, even though, I mean, it, that that part of me, I don't want to say I love the area, but it was part of my memories yeah. of the South. And even though I'm not exactly a Southerner growing up in D.C., but mm-hmm. um, that whole, that poor mountain life. Mm. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think about my yeah. grandparents, and yeah. you know, they, they owned a, um, they actually, my grandfather built a house uh, in the countryside in Maryland. I think it was Frederick, Maryland. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just a bygone era, which I think yeah. as we get in more into the generations, right. will be more bygone, just right. camping. And like, Norman, did you ever go camping, like uh, like log cabin or a state of log cabin or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I didn't do it Boy Scouts. A little. Yeah. I, I didn't do any of that, but I was cured of it after the Army. I, I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. do any more no, field. I'm, I'm, I'm not I was done with being in the field. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no but, uh, you know, as yeah. more and more folks are living in the cities, yeah. I just don't know if other people can appreciate, you know. And know. as a playwright, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you get ideas and you hear voices in your head mm-hmm. and you start writing them and the character's just talking to you and then you just yeah. got to do it. Yeah. Right. So that's what happened with yeah. that particular do play. You, do you enjoy writing more or do you enjoy acting more or uh, or directing? Oh, um, who was it? Christopher Fry, who said, I enjoy writing as much as I do chewing glass. But um, <laughs> um, it, it, can, it can be actually, torturous. Well, s- what happens is, I very often what happens is I just get triggers with, with writing. Mm-hmm. And while I'm writing, I really do enjoy it in the, in the process of writing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I also enjoy acting because it comes, I mean, both of them come from inside, mm-hmm. from inside out. Yeah. And I feel engaged and alive. Yeah. And, um, and in directing, um, and I have, I've done some directing, and I'm always, um, I, I don't know, it's sort of like while I'm directing, I love directing. While I'm writing, I like writing. And while yeah. I'm acting, I like adding. acting. One of the difficulties and challenges I've found is when I've, written something like la- the last fringe show mm-hmm. not this year but year, last year when I did a fringe show and mm-hmm. I had written it and was per- you know performing it it's like while well, I'm in rehearsal thinking oh the writer you know brain comes on and said oh don't have to say it that way no mm-hmm. no 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 you know edit the editor starts coming in and I have to shut it up you know and mm-hmm. then be the actor again so yeah. it's very hard and once I get you know tell the you know the the writer brain to lie down like the dog in the corner mm-hmm. yeah. you know and i can focus on 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 acting mm-hmm. um it's hard to keep the editor out mm-hmm. i had john fisher on uh, last week yeah. and he talked about um we, we actually had richard harder on a couple of uh, yeah. sessions ago and he talked about how the director or if you're a writer you need to separate yourself from being the director there needs to be you can't it's it's a danger to mix the two or mm-hmm. it's a danger to have too much power John Fisher actually came in from the opposite direction, right. saying, "I want I I am in all of the productions that I direct in." Right. Which actually shocked me. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard. Did you hear that episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, so John that's Fisher. Hard. Yeah, he he. John yeah, Fisher, yeah. for those right. who don't know, yeah, is, yeah. he I runs uh, the the um, Theater Rhino, oh, which is yeah. now yeah. at the Old Eureka right. Theater. Right. But basically, he says that he directs for all shows that he directs. He's in it. He's mm-hmm. an actor in it. Right. Mm, interesting. And. 
I, I tried to get into, well, okay, so what, I mean, can you really have both hats on? And his theory was, well, if I'm in it in the mix, if I'm mm-hmm. in it with the other actors, then I can justify telling them what to do because I'm doing it as well. Right. It's an interesting way of looking at it. I think there's, I would think there should be some separation. Well, he's also mm-hmm. the writer on a lot of his pieces. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, as as a writer actor, mm-hmm. and that is what's coming up now, I'm, it's very, it is really frustrating sometimes and also when you're watching other actors in scenes that, you know, you've written mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and you have this, you know, you can be the benevolent writer to be helpful to the director. And so I'll say, is, you know, I'll go over to the director and say, oh, <laughs> I've got something to say. And then she says, oh, just tell the actor. So I'm thinking, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think, okay, she says, as long as I get permission mm-hmm. to go through the channel of a director. Yeah, there has to be some mutual yeah, respect. Yeah, especially if I'm going to be in that scene. Yeah. Right. But when I become, the, depending on the director, I guess, when I see the scene and, I, and if there's a question that comes up, and they don't understand what's happening, mm-hmm. um, then it's you know it's easy from saying oh well yeah this is what I was thinking when I wrote that right. uh, and if and then often what happens is the director will find even more right. to add to it. Sometimes she'll be going down you know a path and I'm going no no mm-hmm. no how do I stop that path? But <laughs> right. you know, on the other hand, I think well listen first see what see what's happening here see if it brings out something else that maybe you didn't think of yeah because mm-hmm. they're always you know they're that's why you get other people to. Mm-hmm. It's a community. Have you have you had it. have you ever had been into an issue where y- there was a question of trust? Where it, let's say you oh, allowed yes. someone to direct the piece that you were doing, and you were like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I can't use names, mm-hmm. um, but there <laughs> oh, we're, been, we're good about, about talking around names. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There have been some times when someone directed something and changed the ending of a piece, mm. and it didn't. It didn't look like that in rehearsal. Sure. But come the, the show, mm-hmm. it, it popped up at the end of a piece that I had performed, mm. and I couldn't control my rage. I mean, wow. I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't say rage. I was like, what the heck is happening? Mm-hmm. That just ruined the whole piece. I mean, it's like the ego just comes roaring down sure. the pike sure. and saying, no, no, no. And then so you have this little list that you keep in the back of your mind going, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we don't never work with this person again. Not with this person mm. again. Not with that person again. But on the other hand, you know, you have to know the people. You know, when it's like having a baby when you have a, have a that's a right. Play. And I've used that and analogy. Your the baby, child is your baby. Baby, and got this piece, and you want someone to make nice and give it, you know, mm-hmm. as well, you know, yeah. put it out there for the world and hope it really yeah. does well. And I'm always shocked, actually, when people actually do like my work mm-hmm. and think it's valuable because somewhere underneath all this stuff is like, oh, God, it sounds awful. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Sure. And I because it's been in your head so, many, so, yeah. so, so for so long. Yeah. So it's, you know, and then, then you find someone who finds value in it. And, and when actors start bringing life to the work, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're in heaven. Yeah. It's yeah. exciting. I want to talk a little bit about women's issues. We had a um, an actress on the show, Radhika Rao, and she talked mm-hmm. about a bad situation where she was an actress, and during the rehearsal stage, she was put into an uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was uh, not Othello, um, Macbeth, mm-hmm. and um, it was a uh, an intimate scene, mm-hmm. and she felt that it went on for too long, and no one really checked in with her. As a woman, have you had any bad situations where, let's say, either because of misogyny or you're being um, 
exploited. Um, have you had any bad situations as a woman, as an actress? I guess I've been pretty, pretty lucky in that regard. Um, during my training, there was an incident where um, a director had his hand up my skirt, mm. and I looked at him and said, what are you doing? with one of those icy stares mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he pulled his hand out realizing that I wasn't going to go for it mm -hmm. and of course I was not cast as often mm -hmm. as other people yeah and so I knew I paid for my my resistance yeah but I thought hey that's not all I'm here for right and um, you know and you know there have been times let's see I'm trying to think of another Another instance, actually. Um, but it doesn't. I yeah, mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, I've been lucky. I yeah. guess and maybe I just—I never thought of myself as that great, <laughs> so that anybody would want me in that no, regard no, or no, use no, me in that regard or whatever. But, but yeah. I mean, you've, you've gone through eras. I yeah, mean, like the eras. '70s and '80s and yeah. '90s and the aughts. Right. So you've seen oh, different yeah. people and different actors and even different directors, like like men directors in the '80s, treating. Right. Well, I, I do remember one one audition, mm -hmm. and it was for La Ronde. Mm -hmm. And it, I came to, and I had grown up in uh, at stage group where we were doing, quote, nude and funny improvs. Mm -hmm. Right. It mm -hmm. was a little bizarre, mm -hmm. but, you know, we or took a shower. It was one of our exercises was to take a shower on stage. And, you know, everybody thought that Wendell was a, a voyeur, but actually he had a point. Because if you could, and it was interesting because I could take my clothes off, mm -hmm. but I couldn't not have bangs on my hair. So that for me, nakedness was showing my forehead mm -hmm. and as opposed to stripping. Right. So whether there was some disconnect, because I'd also modeled at, at the art college. Mm -hmm. uh, Academy? Yeah, Academy of Art College. Interesting. I didn't know because that about you. Yeah, yeah, I had worked in, in uh, the yeah. guild. And you, you've been a model too. Right. Did you ever do, did you do new modeling? Yeah. <laughs> Mostly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I had paid. You know, I was, a, I was a paid paid model. So uh -huh. you know, and you know, it's like I remember one uh, one um, one once when I was over at the Academy of Art, and my then husband, almost husband, was um, painting, and this guy comes up to him and says, "Hey, forget the bitch, just paint the background," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's wow. Mm. And, but it was the experience of modeling, um, you know, and I was thinking in actors, you know, we were all in the same dressing room, you know, what's your body? Right. It's just, you know, yeah. part of your palette. Mm -hmm. But um, I was trying to think what it was I was thinking about, what, where, where this all was going, and I had, had well, a story about my hair. issues, and you talk about an audition. Oh, yes, the audition. Yeah. So I had had all that training, you know, mm -hmm. my body is my palette. I come, and there's... A stage direction in the audition. It says she takes off her clothes and gets into bed. So I thought, oh, okay. So I took off my clothes and I got into what was, you know, quote the bed. Mm -hmm. And and then I said, okay, well, thank you. And then I, you know, put my clothes back on. Well, I didn't get hired as the actor because it turned out that the um, the girlfriend mm -hmm. of the director was actually precast. Oh, uh -huh. he asked me if I would be assistant director. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. I said, oh, okay, sure. And, and, then, and, and, then, and then he confessed to me that I was the only one who auditioned who took off their clothes. <laughs> and I went, 
oh, okay, I was just following directions. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm. I thought, oh, my God, yeah. how naive. You know, it's like, yeah. and then I kept my clothes on yeah. thereafter. Right. And I do wonder, I mean, of course, as a guy, because – in school, we're yeah. you know we're taught really from a racial perspective. Hey, yeah. there's certain roles that you may not want to take because it devalues you. You know, if mm-hmm. the role ex- yeah. you know, is 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 worth it, then that's yeah. fine. I've never thought of it from a woman's perspective, where let's say a director tells you, and a lot of times as actors, we're on the whim, we're at the whim of the director, right. where the director tells you to do something and you have right. a problem with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Have you ever t- had to deal with that? Um. Or maybe the other way around. As a director, you give a direction, and the actor's like, why am I doing this? Like I've had more you. trouble as a director, and in fact, I think it was when I was directing Hamlet, where I saw Gertrude as extremely sensual, and which was why she married mm-hmm. right away to the brother, mm-hmm. and you know was very physical. Mm. And um, I kept trying to get my my Gertrude to mm-hmm. go in that direction very mm-hmm. you know to be more I mean she had the body for it but mm-hmm. she you know had trouble yeah because she marries Hamlet's father and then moves to the brother so right. you right. think there's yeah. some sort of promiscuity yeah going so on. You, you you want that you know that that you know because I don't know if they say death I remember seeing oh god what was it back in um, in New York uh, Moon for the Misbegotten and um, there's this long speech about when being on the train with the with the casket or something, with the, I think it's that play. Mm-hmm. And how, and then immediately, he, you know, he, he gets very. And then I think the next thing he wants to do is go to a brothel mm. because death and sex and right. you know, is very it's, can be very connected. I mean, because mm-hmm. you feel like, you know, when you face your death, you face your mortality, and you want to just I want to be alive. I want to have sex. You know, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. So that urge is there, and the connection is there, but. Um, it was difficult to get her to go there. She felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, dear, what do I do? Yeah, now, I during the auditions, you obviously saw yeah. something in her that... Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, she was really good in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, you know. But then she was she was shy. Mm-hmm. She was just, mm-hmm. right. as you know, and lots of actors are shy in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not, and not every actor can play every role. But, you know, she got close to it, but it wasn't as... So you basically just had to deal with what you, I mean, you pushed her as yeah, far as you possibly as could. as possibly could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here she was dealing with Paul Santiago as Claudius, one of the hottest guys around. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, he was our Stanley and he yeah. was our, he was Othello and he was, I mean, he's, he's a, a really fine actor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's Claudius and couldn't go there. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's, uh, you know, but then you, you know, everyone has limitations. Hmm. Yeah. That's true. And, you know, Norman, you yeah. and I have talked about, yeah. we, I think we had talked about how there, as a director, you may see an actor and uh, during the auditions and you're like, okay, that person's perfect. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, you find out during the rehearsal process. Yeah. You're not getting it. It happens sometimes. Right. right. It, it, it makes you aware of the collaborative nature. Oh, yeah. Because this person is bringing something to mm-hmm. it. They're bringing a perspective and maybe some talents mm-hmm. and maybe an understanding that is different than your understanding as a director. If it fits in the world of the play, so be it. Yeah. I, I can save my perspective for another, another play. Yeah, exactly. But, um, 
But yeah, it's finding that place of, is it okay? How much room do I have for you to do what you want to do mm-hmm. in right. my production? Yeah. Right. And, I, and I've also felt, felt as an actor, if I want a role, there's going to be a reason as to why I want the role. Because mm-hmm. I have in my mind, I know what I can bring to it. Yeah. Right. Something that Richard Side pointed out to us in mm-hmm. a workshop I was in with him, and that was um, when, an ac- when a director asks you to do something and you don't agree with it, do it as fully as you possibly can, mm-hmm. if you can, um, to show him that it may not work, that it may not be the right choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you only give it halfway, then he's going to keep wanting to try to get it from you. Right. Yeah, it'll and justify the just director saying, right. it's not working. Right. 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 right, so, yeah, so, you know, give it as fully as you can, no matter what you're, you know. ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、ジャスティンウェイ、
mm-hmm. someone who's shown promise mm-hmm. uh, in their work. And is it Uhuru? Ubuntu. 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 Ah, you've been talking Ubuntu. about Ubuntu for a while yes, now. Yes, Ubuntu. This was my year with Ubuntu. I, I, I did Deadly yeah. Salesman and yeah. um, they're just opening Rashomon. Yeah, so, so Ubuntu is one who, mm-hmm. got, I think they got our first, one of our first, no, not our second award mm-hmm. for Up and Coming. And then the three girls who oh, just nice. got yeah. one oh. for theirs, um, their theater. Uh, it's just, you know, it's sometimes it's a, a play by play. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, show a show situation yeah. for me, but yeah. well, that's and that was part of where the question comes yeah. from is just yeah. I'd be curious your take on what the Bay Area theater scene is and and maybe how Phoenix fits in that. Okay, well, I think it's a rich, rich place. We're not Chicago, but we're rich, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we have people who've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I what I really love most about the theater companies here when they do it is that they lo- use local talent because mm-hmm. there are people here who, I mean, there's so much talent, rich talent in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and more is here. You know, more kids are coming. I mean, they're, you know, it's like, I think I've lost touch with some of the younger uh, group that are here. So mm-hmm. I'll go down to the Bay, you know, TBA's mm-hmm. uh, auditions to mm-hmm. see, and I'm always astounded by how much talent is here that mm-hmm. still wants to do theater. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. And how does the Phoenix fit in? Well, initially we were a performing company, mm-hmm. much more so. And in the last seventeen, probably years, we've been more of a a venue mm-hmm. for companies to come in and be affordable. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at uh, in our recent issue of uh, rent going up. Um, checking other theater company, other theaters, mm-hmm. and the diminishing number of venues that exist here right. for people who can yeah. afford to. Were you pay. shocked when yeah. um, when Eureka, I guess, was went down and got taken over by uh, Theater Rhino? Yeah. yeah, I thought, wow, what happened there? Mm-hmm. You know, but I understand the. It's just the greed machine comes in and, mm-hmm. and takes over, and unless you're really, really good at asking for money. Yeah, which is still, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, I could be better at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're about to achieve the, what they call the legacy status. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, and that's um, hopefully going to help us stay where we are. Mm-hmm. We're on our last. We're on the two-year extension of our lease on yeah. the sixth floor. And what what is the legacy status? Can um, legacy status is a status in San Francisco, given to businesses, both profit and non-profit, who have been in existence for 30 years. You do need to, uh, there's an application involved, you have to document your existence and your value, and I think, um, you know, they say Britex, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a combination of um, not just architectural buildings Mm -hmm. that have been in existence, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. really businesses, mom and pop businesses. Um, there was when I went to the hearing uh, last month. There were um, there was Jeffrey's Toy Store mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. there, and they had moved from San Francisco over here, and then oh. they're moving back to San Francisco uh-huh. now. Uh, there were two bakeries uh, that were looking for Cinderella Bakery out mm-hmm. in the avenues, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Casa Sanchez. Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. the mission, mm-hmm. and another bakery that was out in the Excelsior ah. 
that uh-huh. was it was like the first uh, Salvadorian bakery mm. in, this, mm-hmm. in the city. Mm. So, and, and many family businesses that have been right. in existence that are trying to survive mm-hmm. this onslaught of um, this economic economic insanity, yeah, yeah. insanity yeah. that's going on. And so, hopefully, with that value, and apparently, it's um, right now San Francisco is the only city that has this program and other cities from all over the country are coming to study them Mm -hmm. and ask them, you know, from Texas, from New York, to see how this program works. So it's it's really um, putting value on small business and Mm -hmm. um, helping them, we hope, uh, stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay. And stay I can see here. how uh, Phoenix can benefit from it. And yeah, to be quite honest, so. Phoenix really does benefit the artist. I mean, if an artist wants to put up a production, they can always call you if it's you know right. if the space is available. Yeah, and they know they have a space. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to keep, um, literally, I really tried to keep the the costs down. I, mm-hmm. I'm not in it to make money. I want to make a rent mm-hmm. and, right. and just stay there and keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. There are times when, you know, some, you know, people who have worked with me before and they can't come up with all the money up front. They mm-hmm. have to wait till they have their show. Right. And uh, we've, I've grown trust with those people and I know that maybe they can give me a fifth of it before mm-hmm. they walk in the door. Right. And I know that for the next year, I'm going to get a little check maybe every month mm-hmm. because <laughs> they're working. Right. Or, n- or even retired. Yeah. Hopefully you don't have to do a lot of chasing around, chasing people right. around. Yeah. I mean, occasionally it happens, mm-hmm. and sometimes people come in and, um, who, you know, I've, I've had a, a situation, there was one situation where someone had uh, a show ready to go, and their main actor, a week before the show, decided they weren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And walked out. And, right. you know, and, uh, and they're, they're holding the bag, I'm holding the bag. And they said, well, could you just take our deposit and keep it? I said, okay. And that's, you know, maybe a third of what the rent would have been, but mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. we're still here. It <laughs> happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. Life happens. Well, we're wrapping up to the uh, one hour. Oh we're actually goodness. beyond the one oh hour mark. My goodness. <laughs> Time flies when we're having fun. Uh, yeah. Shout outs? Uh, well, Right now, I'm working each one, each one. So mm-hmm. it's a playwriting program. We're mostly in juvenile detention facilities. And today is the culmination of the latest session we've been doing. So we go in for two weeks, um, teach sort of the basics. We have a series of exercises that we do, and hopefully that culminates in a short piece. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, I don't think anybody this round, yeah, maybe there was one or two. We have seven young writers. Maybe one or two started with whole new characters. Everybody else took stuff they had worked on. So I'm getting ready to go manage that this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy it. The, sh- the, the scripts can be fun. The experience, um, because they're locked up, mm-hmm. um, only people on the visitors list can come see the show. So wow. we bring we bring some staff and some funders, and they, the facility will have some staff, like one lady who's not working today said oh gosh you guys are doing the show tomorrow I'll try to come back so that'll be nice and then their families and and close visitors Mm -hmm. Um, so it makes it a fascinating show Um, really powerful the the response between audience and performance is is huge and um, nobody else gets to see it this will be in San Mateo and and it's a group of uh, young ladies young girls young women Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that's 
And I have been lead teacher on this, I think this is my fourth time. Um, the second time I've gotten to do an evening thing, I've done a couple of daytime ones. Um, it'll be neat. There's a thing that the uh, lead teacher that I learned from Dave Garrett um, would always write up a little synopsis. So I posted that on Facebook today. Um, you know, these are the these are the cliffhangers. Will this happen? Will that happen? No human characters, so it's all in metaphor. It's oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So that's the big one. And I had some birthdays. Let me see if I can find. Yeah, them. I've got a couple of birthdays Go too. For it. <laughs> oh, me first. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Scott Munson. We've talked about Scott Munson. He yeah. was on the show yesterday. yesterday. Was his birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Scott. Um, one of the great playwrights. I really, really enjoy his work. And uh, he was in uh, The Piano Fight. He uh, had mm -hmm. written, um, the tw um, they do The Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. uh, it was something that was started at the Darkroom oh, Theater. Right. yes. And uh, so he wrote a wonderful piece that was directed by uh, Craig Souza, who was also on the show. Oh, yeah. His birthday was yesterday, so happy birthday, right. Scott. Christy Newsom, um, who uh, there's a poster of Bat Boy and also Debbie Does Dallas. She was the lead actress in both of those. Uh -huh. mm. uh, the beautiful uh, blonde hair, blue-eyed mm -hmm. uh, beauty who was married to Eli Newsom. And as a matter of fact, they met during Bat, Bat Boy. Boy. Okay. So it's a wonderful thing how yeah. theater can bring love together. Mm -hmm. And so her birthday is on the 3rd, tomorrow. Uh -huh. And Michael Vega. I'm trying to remember where I remember acting with Michael Vega. I think we did... 100 Years of Queer Theater. I think it was mm -hmm. during the time mm -hmm. where EastEnders collaborated with Theater Rhino. And his birthday is on the 4th. Yeah. Uh, Erica Smith's birthday was yesterday. Um, she has done theater, but uh, her first love is, her first love was dance. Her first love now is, I think they had triplets. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and um, I think they're a little more than a year old. So anyway, her birthday was yesterday. Nice. Um, and I had a couple of other. Joya Corey's birthday. Oh, yes. I know Joya. Linda Tillery and Susan Jane Harrison, who's an Oakland um, actor and playwright and director. And, you know, those, mm -hmm. those are the birthdays that have come up awesome. recently. Wow. Yeah. I mentioned the Ubuntu show that just opened. It's a re, it's a new adaptation of Rashomon. Great. By Philip Kahn Katanga and Katanda, and it's yeah. a lot of wonderful Bay Area talent is in that. So they mm -hmm. just open. I'm looking forward to trying to get out to see that. Awesome. Also, um, at the Magic Theater, they're doing a thing called the Fisher King Project. I don't know if mm -hmm. you saw the movie The Fisher King. Oh, right. yes. I love that mm -hmm. movie. So, and apparently, a uh, uh, group, uh, the Magic Theater, they love it too, and that will um, be very, very short showing um, September the seventh through the tenth. Oh, wow. Um, weekend, yeah, exactly. And on the ninth, they're doing a double double, three p.m. and eight p.m. Mm -hmm. Also, what's interesting, um, the Center for Sex and Culture are doing a thing called TMI, Sex mm. Worker Confidential, uh -huh. where it's from reading from the website, uh, a bunch of um, pro um, sex workers mm -hmm. will share their experiences, sort right. of um, like open mic, right. <laughs> sharing all sorts of interest, intricate stories. Mm -hmm. And that will be at the Center for Sex C and Culture at 1349 Mission Street. Um, San Fran. Yeah, in San Fran. And, uh, yeah, that will be um, the second, oh, today, uh, from 8 to 11 p.m. So if you want to get away from the heat or if you want to do something special tonight. Or get hotter. Uh, ch check it out. Yeah, exactly. Or get hotter. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I always um, want to uh, ex um, 
Bundlestiff Studios is doing Stories High 17. Oh, I was in two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bundlestiff Studios. I don't know. Do you know Bundlestiff Studios? Yes, I do. Yeah, they're a fantastic Philippine company. Yeah, and, they're great. Um, they, uh, they've, are, they've already begun production. They began August 31st, and they are running uh, Stories High, which are basically one-act stories mm-hmm. about life in the Bay Area written by uh, members of Bundlestiff Studios. Mm-hmm. They actually have a, um, a writing workshop mm-hmm. and an acting workshop where people can bring in new works, and that will be from August 31st through the 16th. And uh, that's the August? last shout that I have. Um, okay, okay. September 16th. September, okay. Yeah, August 31st through September 16th. Got you. Okay. Right. I have a shout-out. Absolutely. Go for it. Okay, well, let's see. We're talking birthdays. Mine's in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Happy pre-pre-pre-birthday. But um, coming up at the Phoenix, um, I finally dared to put a full-length play uh, up. Written by you? Written by me called, oh. the, called the Unveiling. Mm-hmm. And it will be coming up October 5th. 6th is our preview. 7th, our opening, will be running uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, except for one week when we have a Sunday show okay. through the end of October, October 28th. Okay. okay. That'll be the Phoenix so that'll be a little long. We'll put a link. Oh, well, there. great. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And since month, we're doing, yeah. um, well, before I uh, pick them up. Oh, and right now, yes. uh, opening up is Cafe Stories uh, at the Phoenix in September. Okay. And that's Irving Schulman. Who's Irving Schulman. That. Okay. Yeah. What company? They called themselves the Unknown Players. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice. <laughs> is there a website for the Phoenix Theater? Yes, there is. It's uh, dot org, and that's theater with an R-E. Okay, and we yeah. will definitely put a link for that. How yeah. are uh, how are um your how are um House Polonius doing? That's what I was going to ask you. We, we're, we're, we're Have you guys started rehearsals? No, we're a month before we even get oh, to okay. rehearsals. Okay. So okay. I'll, I'll, right. I'll be doing Hamlet in um, oh. November oh, with the Arabian Shakespeare. Oh, wonderful. That's a great show. Yeah. And then a great company. Yeah. And then in, after our show, Three Girls has a show coming up in our space. And then um, Ninjas. Hopefully, Midsummer Night Dream. Oh, so right. Ninjas, and Ninjas yeah. coming back. Right, awesome. Coming back. Yeah. So. And also, my piece, uh, Nia, the musical, will be a part yes. of um, the musical cafe. That will be in o- o- October. So I'm giving we're, you, we're, you know, way, way, way yeah, in advance. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I finally did the artwork, and we had a couple of production meetings, and I can't wait for rehearsal to begin. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. mm-hmm. but there's some wonderful, wonderful pieces. There's Pickpocket. There's um, Love the. Um, I, sh- I should have all this written down. Um, but basically, if you go to musicalcafe.org, right. you'll see all four uh, listings of the pieces. Um, right. There are three turn-of-the-century pieces, and one my piece is modern. And uh, we want you to check that out to see some new uh, actors and uh, new um, playwrights, new musicals. Mm-hmm. They're little 20-minute vignettes. You said, yeah. Colin, awesome. you said Colin's going to be in yours? That's yeah. right. Colin oh, Hussey will be in mine. Yeah. Oh, nice. Because we had one actor uh, drop out, right. and mm-hmm. so I called up Colin. I was yeah. like, listen, I need a bass singer. It's like, yeah. here and, I am. Yeah, and Colin was just in our show, uh, pint-sized over at the awesome. uh, at, at, uh, Piano Fight. So yeah. We did good. Yeah, Piano Fight. They're, they're oh, the, um, fantastic um, Full ahead? Um, yes, Full Steam Ahead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that? I got to direct it for Playground. Oh, my goodness. So I was really shocked when I saw it. Yeah, I directed it. Of course, it ended up I was in it twice or Uh, three uh, times because one of my actors was, Mm -hmm. um, uh, what's her name? Um, Jocelyn had to go visit family. Jocelyn Stringer? Truett. 
Pruitt. Okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. uh, she was there the first production per- performance, the fourth production, and I was her for the two in between, and then the last one, I Paul Stout had to go rehearse something else, so mm-hmm. I was played wow. another role. It was uh-huh. like <laughs> musical, right. you know, and we got um, Alejandro mm-hmm. Torres to be. Uh, to take Robin Shields' place. It was like wow. musical actors. But we got yeah. it out there and everybody loved it. And it's, it's a fun, fun <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Colin was there all the time. Yeah. Oh, Colin Hussey, yeah, the he's very, very reliable. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, and so actually, uh, so the four musicals is Love the Struggle, that's mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Uh, The Loving Tree, that's two, and um, Pickpocket, three, and of course my musical Nia. That's four. Yay. So as always, you can find the Yay, this show, on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. Uh, that's that purple um, app that's on your phone that you probably never use. But if you click on that, <laughs> use the search for the Yay, and you'll find us. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, you can find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on mm-hmm. the upper left-hand side, and search for the Yay, and you'll find us. And SoundCloud? Yep. For Android users... Uh, download the SoundCloud app and search for The Yay. Mm-hmm. The Yay was created for theater people by theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you want to advertise yourself, mm-hmm. let us know. Hit us up on Facebook and we'll take it from there. Yeah. We've got to get a better sign off. Well, thank you. And we are out. <laughs>